You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're taking a look at some of the best moments on Brand to Brand. We'll share some highlights and break down the biggest takeaways as we prepare to close out the season. Don't forget to tip your servers. Let's kick things off. That is right. We did it. We are officially closing out season one of Brand to Brand, and it has been, well, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just grateful that somehow we were given a platform to be able to talk, share some insights. Sharpen the skills. Yeah, sharpen our skills. I'm looking forward to stepping in the ring and putting some of our best insights head to head. I think what people really need to know is that season two, we are ready to fucking bring it. And we've got some great stuff in store. But before we open up that next chapter, it's time to go backwards. Yeah, we got we to gotta go back to our roots. To sometimes like you got to back it up before yeah. you pull forward, as they say. And with that. It's a three-point turn. With that, let's get into it. Let's get it. All right, so would you like to cover your talking points from last season representing Veronica, Team Veronica, or would you like to take Team Tom? I feel like I should bet on myself. I think I could take you down. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> shots fired! Okay, honestly, we're kidding. There's really no opportunity to compete here on this kind of stage. This is really... We'll, we'll okay. let the audience be the judge of that. This is really about the brands that we featured on the show, and we have featured quite a few, and we've covered everything from, I would say, your brand foundation, the fundamentals, the words that we use, the way that we use them, what those words mean, brand values, and then we've really built on that foundation and really thought about what marketing and business leaders are doing today with their brand what that bleeding edge looks like with NFTs and crypto and Decentraland, and then what that not-so-distant future looks like. Really full-spectrum branding here. So let's pull forward some of the highlights of those first few episodes. And honestly, Veronica, what, what were some of those favorite moments you had in the early days? Wow, what an honor. I get to pick the first <laughs> clip. Okay. <laughs> Uh, boy, do I have a highlight for us. Um, once, uh, you know, you establish a brand, uh, people don't put that book away. And I think one of the biggest things we've talked about this season that was a huge takeaway for me is you actually have to execute on whatever the hell you're putting down on paper. You kind of have to live it because people will see through that. So I think I want to take us back to episode three, Patagonia versus Urban Outfitters. Your brand mm. integrity matters. Mm. <laughs> mm. And when that brand kimono blows in the wind. <laughs> you had to bring the kimono back. <laughs> Thought we left it behind. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's go back. Yeah, I think it's not voluntary. Participating in having a brand with integrity is not voluntary. If you have a brand, you've put yourself out in the market, you're out there. Um, people are going to take notice and they're going to make assumptions. So if you're going to 
talk the talk, you better walk the walk, and you better hope that all of your channels are walking in the same direction. Patagonia, they're all about building the best products. They're all about the quality of their products. They really care about their reputation. If you want to talk about reputation, even just in the caliber of the gear. Mm. If you look at Patagonia from the last 10 years, you will see a brand transition from a brand that appealed to activists to a brand of activists. But a brand that became activists. That is a beautiful tale. They're participating in it. I think the fascinating thing about the study of Patagonia is this is a business that didn't get into it to be a business, or I think more so midstream, once they started hitting their stride and they were successful, they sort of zoomed out and they said, let's challenge the conventional business model, what you hear in the business school. Let's let people work with no socks on. Let's have people <laughs> have flexibility and all sorts of stuff in the book. This is a book by the founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Chinard, and he says, let my people go surfing. And this whole book is about what he's learned in business, and it's about breaking the mold, being unconventional. You remember we saw those advertisements that Patagonia put out on Black Friday where they said, don't buy this jacket. They are doing so many things that fly in the face for what you would expect a business to do, and yet they have such customer loyalty and it comes down to the quality of the product unbelievable quality in the product but it's backed up by their values and we could talk about them all day i know we got to keep going if i was going to go back through the rolodex of episodes i don't i don't know episode two was one of our popular episodes one of our most popular episodes i still get feedback from people it's i think it's a great entry point to the show because a lot of people have a tagline, and a lot of people haven't thought about that tagline in a little while. All right, Tinder, Hinge, which one? Ooh, uh, I'm going Hinge. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Their tagline is, the dating app designed to be deleted. They want you to use their product so you never have to use their product again. That's kind of very bold. risky. It is risky. Right? I mean, think about how many websites or services that you use that are constantly trying to get you to never cancel your subscription or you cancel it and then they're like why did you cancel it i don't use tinder but there was a time well do you know what their tagline is i actually don't know what their tagline i've never used any dating apps right right's the good one you want them to swipe right but part of me feels like just based on tinder's like what i hear about it I feel like they want you to swipe left it's like they want you to be no 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 they want you to swipe right tinder okay just inherently with their tagline is transactional. They're looking for long-term use. They want you to continue using it. And if you look and you explore the way they present the brand, if you go to their website, if we were to pull it up right now, it's a collage of profiles, all different, carefully Mm. curated, male, female, non-binary, black, white, Hispanic, the full spectrum, which they've done a great job with. But that immediately hits you over the head with the fact that they want you to know they have all the profiles. Well, they're leaning into it because they're saying if you have a type, your type's on here. Well, that's true. They got all the types. Yeah. And what's so fun about talking about brands like this is just how hyper-competitive the online dating space is. And they're very aware of their competition. A lot of times, brands sometimes put the brand blinders on and they're not necessarily always frequently looking at what their competitive sets doing what other messaging that other brands are utilizing a lot of changes have come out of the pandemic and we've talked a lot about that on the show 
what other episodes, you know, for you, like really, would you want to celebrate today when we think about this season? I feel like before we go any further, we have to go back to the very beginning because I think a lot of people do not know that they're a brand. Ooh, (laughs) spoiler alert. You're Uh, a brand. You're congratulations. (laughs) You're a brand. Um, everything's a brand. And I think the first episode we launched Tom Brady versus Conor McGregor, the importance of personal brands really dug into that. Um, and I think told that story in an interesting way. So we can roll that clip. And a lot of people now, social media, we talk about fall from grace. Social media is all over Tom Brady being drunk, right? Why? Well, because, I mean, again, it comes back to this image. It's this brand that he's put out there. He's cultivated, he's curated this brand. And so it's unexpected. People love unexpected. They report on unexpected. That's newsworthy. So, but I think what's great about Tom Brady is because of the brand equity that he's built, nobody's like angry at Tom. People are celebrating it on social media. Are they? Yeah, they're celebrating. They're like, good for you, Tom. Good for you. You're finally out there. Maybe you're getting a little crazy. This speaks back to that people like authenticity. They like to know that he's a real guy. People don't want to just think about the fact that he can have a perfect diet. But don't you think that the reason we're talking about it is because his brand is so squeaky clean that the fact that he got drunk is now big news, even if people are happy for him. It is. But now, what if what if his brand took a little bit of a death spiral? What if all of a sudden we found out he had a drug problem or something else? So, I mean, I think the thing about branding, if we bring it all the way back, is you need to set the right brand rules that actually reflect the personality that you are. Because if you put something out there and it doesn't actually speak to who you are, then that's where people will find out. Eventually you'll over break time. character. You'll break character. You'll you'll lose it. You'll lose that luster. And the court of public opinion is mean. They're ready to judge you. They're ready to knock you down. And once you're knocked down, it's really, really hard to get You can't get, get up that. again. But. <laughs> oh, God. You'd think after 20 episodes, I would be over the dad jokes, but oof. I don't know. I think it's part of your secret sauce and it's your part personal of, brand. And part of my luster. Oh, no. <laughs> don't lose that luster. <laughs> It's interesting because here we are talking about personal brands and brand betrayals in a sense when people don't live up to it, just like personal brands when companies don't live up to it. I feel like that's also something very interesting that we covered a lot on this season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think highlighted some examples of brands that have really gone too far or missed the mark. And whether it's customer experience, the experience that's online, not mapping to what the experience is in with the store, or it's just brands being disingenuine. And you lose a lot of credibility for that. Speaking of losing credibility, (laughs) can I pick another clip? Yes. Okay. I feel like we have to talk about episode 11, Theranos versus Fire Festival vision over delivery see i would have thought this was your favorite episode because i remember you know being backstage in the green room because we have a green room we have makeup artists. <laughs> yeah, makeup yeah Agents. Exactly. the producer was there there were like <laughs> 10 of us you know it was only half the show and we were trying to decide which funny outfits to wear and you know finally we, we hit our stride but uh i think that might have been one of the more fun episodes to produce personally yeah because we both got to dress up yeah, that's true. The <laughs> seltzer episode was nice, too. We got to taste the product. 
a little bit too much. <laughs> All right, with that, Alexa, play episode 11, Theranos versus Fire Festival. I'm going to be taking my company, Theranos, and I'm going to method act as Elizabeth Holmes, the founder and CEO of Theranos. Well, life's a beach. Get a Corona and come with me to a magical island. And uh, hold on. I got a costume change, actually. Tom is clearly hold taking on. Fire Festival. Hold on. Here we go. We're going to the festival. So she starts this company, has this vision. She actually consults with a professor at Stanford before she drops out who is like, this, everything she's talking about is like not going to work. What's so amazing about the behind the scenes story for that, the facility and the the equipment and the places that he toured, you know, were, were looked nothing like what they were portraying. I mean, the, the, there was there were fans everywhere when he walked through because they were literally still trying to dry the paint from the night before that they had gone through. They had all these machines. That is like the epitome of building the plane in the air. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> Building a fake plane in the fake air. So if we were going to take a real plane now to an island. A tropical <laughs> island that was once owned by Pablo Escobar. The Fire Festival. They can't even find a location. The notorious island of Pablo Escobar was not available that weekend. <laughs> So they ended up with some parking lot near Sandals. Oh, it was so bad. You with, couldn't even see the ocean. They had no utilities. They had no access to water. Their cabanas they had to, were American Red Cross <laughs> relief tents. No expense was spared. <laughs> so many expenses were spared. Uh, and all the while... He and Ja Rule are just getting drunk on the beach while everybody else is trying to figure out how to make he this possible. He had day three festival brain with day one <laughs> festival goals. <laughs> I stand by that statement. That episode has aged so well. It's just it's just as good as it ever was. <laughs> Honestly, really nice on YouTube as well. We don't talk a lot about the YouTube versions. We of these, don't talk about the YouTubes. It's hilarious. You can see us if you want, you creep. It's so good. It's so good. And the outfits. Why are we in such a rush to end this season? I think we should just keep this thing should going. probably keep going. Ha ha. We're like Elton John doing a farewell tour just for like the next 10 years. I'm back, baby. So brands talk the talk. They have to walk the walk. But with these emerging technologies, is that even enough anymore? Oh, yeah. They got to run the run now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was bad. I'll see myself out. Should I leave? No. <laughs> just just lock it on your way out. That'd be great. While we're here, let's revisit a new kind of market disruption with episode nine, Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Crypto bringing so many new opportunities. I don't know if you just saw like a couple of weeks ago, they were just talking about this new altcoin like Dogecoin that's just literally like... Quintupled. It's yeah. It's all over the map. And Bitcoin, as we're recording this episode, is back up to all time highs again. It's going to be in the crapper in a week. But you know what? Holy <laughs> shit, There is some really interesting stuff happening out there on these exchanges. I mean, you want your money to be safe and secure, right? Yeah, I don't like to. Uh, danger is not my middle name. Okay, good. <laughs> good. That's good to know. Maybe you bring your birth certificate. We could look it up. If we think about you want your money to be safe and secure, right? 
That's a prime thing. We in this country are lucky and fortunate to have stable financial instruments and systems that have worked and meant that we've had almost zero inflation. And, and that may change. That honestly may change coming out of the pandemic. But for a lot of people, they're looking for ways to store value, to trade their funds in a way where it's not expensive. If you had a friend overseas and they wanted to send you money right now, it might take days for that transaction to settle. With this type technology, it can be almost instantaneous. So isn't there a world where through cryptocurrency, we could create a universal currency? A universal monetary supply. Yes. Very interesting. And you can just send value directly. Like, why are we just looping in this no good middleman banks? Uh, It's a great way for you to keep money secure. It's not necessarily a great way for you to store value because it's so volatile. But that could change very quickly through regulation and otherwise. And banks are cool with it. Over 90% of banks, uh, according to a survey that I found, are exploring (laughs) blockchain in one facet or another. We can put the uh, references in the show notes for anybody (laughs) that wants to check. And that would cause a 30% reduction in infrastructure costs and a 10% reduction in overhead count. Because as you had explained crypto to me the other day, when you're doing a deal, it's almost like you go to shake someone's hand and then the bank comes in and provides like the little finger hand. Is that what you said? Yeah. like the, Well, yeah. Little... Someone else has to shake the hand for you. Like in this world, you can just buy right from the kingpin. Yep. You don't need other levels yep. of, of dealers. Uh, are you going drug reference? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Hey, pot's and- legal. We're, <laughs> hey, we're filming from Massachusetts. We can say it. Sorry, mom. <laughs> you didn't implicitly say anything in that episode, okay? You just said. I don't even do the marijuanas. I just, just feel like that analogy works. You're just pot curious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually am. I'm like, ooh, what's that? What's that one do? Do you have a pot for people who don't like smoking pot? They're like, ma'am, get out of here. I thought that was CBD. <laughs> I shit on the banks. I made a drug joke. We all understand Veronica's personal brand. It's great. It's good. You get the people moving. (laughs) Crypto was like the springboard for so many other interesting conversations that we had this season as well, like non-fungible tokens, digital art. You got a gift one of these episodes? Oh, yeah. Should I have brought you something? I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) since we're talking NFTs, let me play the clip. So for anyone who doesn't know what non-fungible even means, because I didn't when I first heard it, it's basically an asset that cannot be exchanged or substituted with similar assets of the same value. What does that mean? It means that you could create something that can never be replicated. It exists once. And in the concept of selling non-fungible tokens, you can give something to someone and then you no longer have it. And And then that person has that one copy and can choose to give it to somebody else. And by that, people, purveyors of the blockchain community, members of the blockchain community, they're aiming to solve for the problem that exists with art. All of these, think about the Napster days, people booting up the computer and downloading anything from anywhere without uh, actually paying for it. And that happens all over the place. If we use the art analogy, an NFT, if you create artwork with that NFT, that's like you owning the original Banksy, right? A lot of people can own prints of it. 
So that's what makes it complicated. People are like, well, what's the difference between the NFT? If I can right click on the NFT and say save image as and download it on my computer, then what the heck is the value of owning this thing? It's the value of owning the original. Yep. It's all about the clout and the bragging rights. That's right. <laughs> I feel like you opened that clip and you said the first time you heard of something, you weren't sure what it meant. But isn't that how we learn anything? You know what? <laughs> I guess we are stepping in the ring after all. <laughs> I remember first hearing that and I thought people were like making up words. I'm like, that's not a real thing. I thought maybe it was there was a fungus among us. That's <laughs> sort of where my head went, you know? <laughs> you know, it's it's funny too, because even since we recorded this episode, I'm a huge fan of not to shout out another show, which might be competing Ooh. for her audience's attention. Feel free, just say it. Hot ones. <laughs> I was watching a Hot Ones episode on YouTube with Mila Kunis, who was talking about how she wanted to get a show made, and the way she wanted it done, or her team wanted it done, Pixar animators, this really cool animation, it's actually called Stoner Cats, which is really interesting, they couldn't make it with a normal network, with broadcast TV, with a Netflix or a streaming service, so they actually brought it to the blockchain community, and the way that they're, they basically like did a choose your own adventure show where members of their crypto community can vote where the, every episode goes at the end of the episode, but you can only vote if you own a piece of it. It's that the craziest thing I've ever heard. Completely it's, and totally wild. And she talked about how Ashton Kutcher's really into crypto, which I like, this is the first in my experience, this is the first time I've heard celebrities really leaning into and talking about this, which makes me think we're on to something. Did, did you ever watch the show Lost? <laughs> I did. Okay. Do you think if we voted on the ending that they would have landed the plane? <laughs> the proverbial plane? The proverbial or the actual plane? Crashed? <laughs> or maybe they never crashed. Maybe they're in heaven. It was all nobody, a dream. Nobody knows. <laughs> Hey, I got another clip for whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. We're not leaving this episode until you tell the class okay. what you did. We alluded to it a little bit, but I feel like we need to play the audio. All right. Let's go. <laughs> that, that, to me, is like the most mind-blowing part of all of this. If you find that mind-blowing, <laughs> I have something mind-blowing for you as well. So, but wait, there's more. Earlier today, you shared a photo with me. You shared a screen grab of something that you found offensive. What was it? <laughs> it was <laughs> It was a an emoji a 3D like emoji smiling face that had such aggressively <laughs> large pupils. It was supposed to be cute, but it rubbed me the wrong way. So, what if somebody took that creepy thing that you hated so much and they converted it into a non-fungible token. No, you did not. Does this look familiar to you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I took that uh, weird, took that weird smiley you took face. Took something I hated. You made it worse. I made it interplanetary, and I added laser eyes because it's really into crypto. So now it exists like God. <laughs> it's just always out there. It's just always out there. That's great. As a non-fungible token, and I've created an account where I can send, I can, I can build NFTs, and it's called Mintable.app. Anybody can do it. You just need to have a crypto wallet so you can store it somewhere. You can create some value. Okay, and I can show you. Are you how gonna to do make that. money off my pain? I am. <laughs> it's two hundred and fifty dollars right now. It's an auction. You know what? I'm gonna buy it. You That's should. That's how I win. You should buy it. <laughs> I literally can't still believe that you gave me that. Well, it'd be nice if you like hung it up once in a while. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've been here before. We have. We're rehashing the greatest hits. I know. These are the highlights, people. The rest is still pretty good, too. So please feel free to go back and listen to all the episodes. I think an episode that honestly was so fun to produce, so fun to spend some time with, and one that I actually was sort of surprised how much I enjoyed putting together was Keeping Up With The Jenners versus (laughs) The Pops. Be a man. And watching his Interrupt show. your podcast host when he's talking. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? Yeah. To see the success of people like this, it just shows you there's a lot of opportunity on these platforms. And I think bringing it all for a circle, there's a lot of opportunity for brands on these platforms. And that doesn't mean you should align yourself with the Pauls. Th- that's true. It also doesn't mean you should trust what every influencer is selling because no. the Jenners have gotten in trouble for selling fake Apple products. Fake AirPods. Fake AirPods that like links you through to some like shitty knockoff link from some factory in China. They're all making money on these affiliate links. It's they get paid really every crazy. time you click. And their huge, huge audience can be mobilized and they're making money on everything. And I think one of the best parts about digging into influencers, I don't, I don't, I know we talked briefly about the show Fake Famous, that HBO documentary, but that was just absolutely fascinating about the absolute lengths that people will go to get into that category. And if you think about kids growing up now, it's not doctors and lawyers, it's I want to be an influencer. <sighs> I want to have influence over society. It's kind of like, like, weird. It's like word of mouth on steroids <laughs> 2.0. You know, what do you think influencers are going to be like in the metaverse? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think these influencers, if you ask them today, would know. Because Instagram is huge and absolutely a juggernaut. And Facebook is starting to lose some of its crowd. And Instagram could be next. And Gen Z's are abandoning ship. So I don't know if influencers as they are now are going to be a thing in three years. But there will be influence and there will be word of mouth because it's as old as time. Amen. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, closing this out, I really feel like there are just so many shows that are on the cutting room floor that we really wanted to bring today. But there's just not enough time like Ford versus Tesla, the customer experience test driving a Tesla vehicle, uh, the experience and the discussions we had early on, the Twisted Tea episode where someone got smacked in the face with a Twisted Tea. That was Still emotional. It. That was emotional. <laughs> Netflix, Google, your culture is showing. I mean, we couldn't cover all of them, but there is so many treats for those that haven't had a chance to catch everything. And I didn't even get to the celebrities that we featured on the show. Yeah, we got to give them an honorable mention. All right, let's, let's kick it. Let's play the rip. Play the clip. <laughs> Today, we have the absolute privilege of hearing from the Stacy of Stacy's Pita Chips. When we built the Pita Chip Company, and we had 300 people working there, and we had, it's not just us in our factory, but it's every truck that's backing up to the loading dock. I love JFK. Running for president, <laughs> and I want your vote. We've got a special guest, Mason Fisher. 2017 is when I fell down the blockchain hole and realized that that was going to change the world. Our former president. Going to shut it down. We're going <laughs> to shut down TikTok. Oh, Arnold, thanks for flying all the way. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Get to the chopper. <laughs> it's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Oh, classic. And now for something completely different. 
So this is the part of the show where I distill down everything we talked about and I give you concrete action steps in the form of work. And I just can't do that for you today because you didn't put the work in. Yeah, you got to go back and listen to each episode. You got to eat your vegetables and then you get the little work dessert at the end. You're welcome. In the words of Pink Floyd, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. And for those of you that are absolute VIPs that have crushed every single episode, you get a week off. That's so generous of you. <laughs> uh, unpaid, right? <laughs> There'll be compensation. Hit us up in the show notes. <laughs> So if you had to take anything out of the show. The whole enchilada? This episode. Okay. I think I'd say. <laughs> Which is the whole enchilada. This it's about is technically the whole show. this enchilada. Correct. I think I would say, just to be more gracious than you, thank you to our listeners. We couldn't have done it without you. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. the last Remember who's thinking of you <laughs> that I give you. <laughs> hey, I got to throw a haymaker right at the end. Hey, amen <laughs> to that. Thank you everybody for listening. It's been a hell of a season. I think the big picture thing that we're looking for from all of you is we're actively listening and we're actively planning our next season and we get the best ideas from our listeners so if you have an idea for a show hit us up at brandtobrand.co we'd love to hear from you and with that we're out folks <laughs> hopefully there's no bloopers all right yeah we gotta do the whole thing again right, yeah yeah should i flip this back to you I, I can make back a, and forth? i can make a good joke here yeah so help you get cl clear again. on you just say clear on your mark why don't you get clear on your talking points Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need okay. to do a drum roll well we can do it okay how's that sound though i have no idea are facing it what this do you edit this <laughs> i didn't write this oh i did wow yeah. okay <laughs> you've been saying it you've been your brain's been including a word that's not there today on the show today on the show I've already said that. Take 437. Thank you. Our producer has left the building. What, did you hear ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to ask if I heard ass, you heard ass. <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Yeah, you feeling good? Do you? It was great. You ready for season two? Yeah. All right, let's fucking go. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. Yeah.